Good afternoon and welcome to Calgary Business Podcast. I'm your host, Alan Wozni, and today I've got an old friend, well, old hockey friend, but uh, Brad Viscarelli from Marsh, uh, Marsh Canada. Brad, I know you're a lawyer by trade, and I wanted to, I really wanted to understand the origin story of you moving from a lawyer into uh, working for an insurance company. Okay, well, I started off lots of years ago, as you know, Al. We're not young anymore. And, nope. Uh, 53. I'm going to put it on the table. I am 53. So I'm a year younger. So that, <laughs> uh, that gives me a huge advantage. Yeah. Um, you start off as a lawyer lots of years ago at a big law firm in town. Uh, what was known at the time as Code Hunter. Uh, now I believe it's Gowlings. Uh, everyone seems to have merged which, which and amalgamated. Uh, Gowlings. It used to be Code Hunter. Oh, I, just, I haven't followed it. But there's Faskin, there's Faskin Martineau, which was, didn't exist before, and some of the other names. But... Cool. Yeah, I think most of the firms when I went to Article are no longer around, or they've <laughs> m- morphed into something bigger and, and better. Wow, because I mean, other, we're getting off topic, but you know what, the, the big four are still the big four, and that's where I article, but there's a few other names around Myers and Penny's gotten a little bigger, and there's a couple of other ones, so yeah, a little bit changed, but the big four are still the big four here. Yeah, not, not the case anymore with the law firms. They've all merged and amalgamated and become multinational, most of them. So you got, I mean, I'm going to put it, your title is... With Marsh, you know, the power and energy, so that's a lot of focus on putting insurance products for the oil and, oil and gas? or Yeah, I'm the national energy practice leader. So my focus is to assist with um, our energy clients uh, within Canada right. and to help obviously build the book and attract more energy clients. Uh, so that's generally my focus these days. Not, not to put you on the spot, but I did learn a little bit overseas on the, on the, oil, the insurance side. Are companies reluctant, I guess, in this market? And I guess you're dealing with low oil prices. How do they view the risk? And that, that, I'm, this is an interesting area because I, I really hadn't thought of it until just now. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's, uh, there's lots of challenges um, for energy companies uh, with respect to insurance these days. Right. Um, you know, one of the biggest challenges right now is that there's a shrinking amount of capital right big insurance companies want to invest in the sector and uh, especially in so you mean like underwriters the un- underwriter policy or yeah the the insurance companies uh, there's pressure on them for the sh- activist shareholders uh, with respect to things like oil sands and with respect oh, to right, coal right so we're seeing right now a uh, you know generally in the insurance market there's a shrinking in capacity and there's an increase in rates but on top of that with respect to the energy right. sector there's big companies like Munich Re, Axis, Zurich have all come up with policies that are, um, I guess we call them anti-oil sands um, related. And as a result, it's shrinking the capacity for, for companies in our sector. So not, not to get too political, but there was, a, I think, was the Norwegian or the Swedish pension fund, or they just pulled out of, they said, we're not buying Alberta bonds, which is interesting because then that money's flowing out. It's all part and parcel of the same thing. So it, again, Probably not really uh, relevant, but to say the risk, if there's less reinsurers out there, that means the, the premiums will go up and the more cost for an already suffering oil and gas company. Or Yeah, it's... Sorry it's, to bring that up, but no, it's, it's reality. It's simple supply and demand, Al, and uh, you know, we're, we're seeing it in spades. So companies are you know, not getting as much for their oil. The coverage. Oh, sorry. For their oil. Yeah, yeah, yeah with, the, pr- right? the price so of oil, there's, yeah. there's price constraints already with the... Yeah with the spread right on WTI and Western Select, right? And, you know, there's some consolidation. There's companies going away. There's companies moving to the U.S. So the industry isn't doing well to begin with. Right. And then on top of that, you know, you add to that the fact that, you know, insurance is becoming more scarce and 
more pricey, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's kind of adding salt to the wounds for a lot of companies. No, I, so I'll put a little bit of oil and gas hat on. So I remember way back when Chevron, I remember meeting them in, in Kazakhstan. So there was a, a Tengi Chevron. I don't know if you've heard of that. But they, they said, we self-insure. So, and literally they had a committee, and this is just more of a side story. And the guy, the guy said, people would come, they could see on camera, this is years ago, they'd slip on the ice and they'd come into the, the, the petrol station and say, we want to claim a million. And they would just, we're not going to, because they have it on video. But that, is, that a, is that a common in your clients where they're doing self-insured because of the, today's environment? Yeah, well, so it's, it's, like you're, it's like you're reading my mind. So um, one of the things we're, we're going to put on in the, in the new year is... Um, it's a seminar on how better to determine what your retention rate should be. Right. So when insurance is cheap and it's plentiful, uh, it's been easy not to have to turn your mind to hard decisions about how much should you self-insure. Right. right. It's right. easy just to buy lots of limit. It doesn't cost very much, and you don't have yeah. to. You don't have to make those decisions. In an environment like this, where it's becoming more scarce and more costly. We think there should be a, be, uh, a bigger emphasis put on really thoughtful determination on what your what your retention should be, and so retention being your what you should be okay, what, yeah, you self, yeah. what, what you self insure yeah, basically, okay. and and then the second part of that would be what. All would right, you so retaining putting money aside in case in the event of a claim versus giving, and this is the self insure I see what yeah. you retain rather than I transferring see. the risk, retaining yeah. the risk versus transferring it to an insurance company. Right, right, okay, risk. interesting. But so that, that's, a, that's almost an education process between you and your clients or for your clients or potential clients to say, hey, balancing that risk out. Because if, the co- if there's a claim, you know, a, let's say a, a oil well blows out in the old days, they didn't have blow up preventers. You know, that, that's costly. Then there's no revenue. They didn't have the BI or business interruption. I mean, I, I, this is the fascinating area. And it's a, it's a dilemma that I guess you've got to deal with. Right. in today's market and how do you overcome that what do you I mean give an example maybe how you guys have came from where you're dealing with the customer who says I, I want to go sell for I want to go for cheaper insurance okay so it's it's really I think client specific yeah and I think the first step is for clients to try to determine uh, what level of retention they're comfortable with right and so you really have to decide they have to decide what is the driving force behind why they're getting insurance right so you know, if the driving force is I want to be able to continue to, continue to pay my dividends, okay? So I can't have a loss that would... Uh, like a public company. Me, yeah, for yeah, going okay. from paying my dividends. Right. Or I can't have a loss right, that would right. result in my rating going down with the rating agencies. Or I can't... So, you know, those are big types of losses. So if, if those are your concerns as a company, obviously you can take you a pretty hard. big retention level. Right. You know, if, if wow. your consideration is, I can't have a loss that would uh, result in me having a poor quarter, you know, maybe that's a million or two, which is a much lower retention right, right. than something that might be what I would call sort of a, a company. So you're talking, pri- you're talking public or they have a, a stake, third-party stakeholders like a bank or in this case, right. da- shareholders who really want that cash flow. But what about the small independents that aren't public? I mean, it, well, then they got to decide what would be a, you know, we'll call it a company killing event, right? Maybe right. that's their threshold. Again, it's it, what it's what makes you tick, Al. So yeah. if you said I can't have a loss over hundred thousand dollars, or I can't go on vacation this year for your little mom and pop shop, right? Well, then you're going to want a pretty low deductible, right? So if you're a so large multinational company that's making billions of dollars a year, maybe your retention levels are tens or hundreds of millions of dollars. Because for the small independents, they're the cash is, is, is and I. 
Craig Niebuhr, you probably know him quite well. But, you know, he, he mentioned, he said cash flow, and I've seen him on, the, uh, on, C, on BNN, and he literally says, we're looking for cash flow. It's no longer enough to have a story of 500 barrels, of, you know, potential, or whatever the numbers are. It's cash. So yeah. for that, for the small independence, cash is important. The premium, right. they might make that decision. So, look, for, for me, I've kind of, I've, I've spent a lot of time on tech, and insurance tech, does it come into play at your level in Marsh, or is it more on the small independent insurance companies? I, just, are you, are you over, the last, say, over the last five years, what would you say, how, has insurance come into, has tech come into play for your, your, oper, your day-to-day business? Oh, it's, it's definitely starting to, to be very relevant. Um, you know, I work for a large multinational insurer, yeah. or broker, rather, and, you know, for us, uh, part of the advantage we have, we have, we have lots of data. And um, it's trying to harness that data. It's sometimes been a challenge. So you're talking about data of your clients, the, the losses, premiums, yeah. uh, rates, all those things that would go into uh, you know quality of risks. You know, right now we're trying to capture data across uh, the globe on different types of risk we have. So yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, it might be a refinery in Calgary versus a refinery in Dubai, and you know we can compare what kind of. Uh, risk profile they have, what kind of losses they're having, right. and we're trying to find common factors in those and, and differentiate our risk for, for our clients. Actually, it's interesting you say that. I listened to a, I it was a podcast or a news report, and, the, and it was about the windmills. And it was an AI, and he said, so the AI windmills in Norway, I think it's Norway, either Norway or Holland, they have the most number per capita of those big windmills in the sea. And he said, so the one five years ago decided to put AI, and the one next to him didn't. And this guy with the AI algorithm, meaning looking at right. the data, the point went for repairs and maintenance. He said that five years of data now is important. So he, he predicted, and he had less downtime, whereas the guy next to him, and I don't think it was, it was more of a theoretical example. He said the guy next to him who didn't install the AI algorithms, his machine was down, his, his uh, big spin wheel was down for five, a lot longer and a lot more revenue loss, which that would be important in insurance in terms of... That data is very important. Yeah, there's all sorts of things. Then within the insurance side itself, um, you know, we're having uh, much more interest in cyber security uh, in our right, cyber coverage. Right. So, you know, on that end, we've been seeing, seeing so you, a lot of traction. You know, I, I, was, I was literally at a conference in Dubai a year ago, and a bunch of the, I was, it was on blockchain and, and merging technologies for the finance field, but one of the guys had asked, or one of the, the uh, respondents sitting in the audience had said, is cyber risk, uh, is it covered, is insurance? And I, I said, I'm not the expert, but I would think that it's probably a growing trend. And since then, and you've said it, I've seen we cover cyber, you know, this new, new way is looking at cyber risk. So that's interesting that you'd, you'd say that. Um, let, let, look, going forward, like the last five years have been, we talked a little bit before the podcast about the oil prices, of, of, obviously, in this market affecting right. it. Um, what are the major changes that's, that you've seen then uh, in that policy, the typical energy policy, comprehensive general, I mean, the kind of, what major change would you say last few years that the, that I guess the declining rates, and you've kind of already mentioned it, but. Yeah, I don't think coverages have changed that much. Um, really what's, I think, changed is in insurer appetite, and, and I think a couple of things have happened. So, um, separate apart from the energy industry, just the insurance industry as a whole yeah. has not been particularly profitable over the last handful of years. And what, what's happened, I think, is that for a long time, uh, it was a good place for capital to come, right? People want to invest their capital in insurance. So there were new markets oh, moving right, in. Right. So the supply 
was was fairly constant. Yeah. And new markets came in and wanted to be competitive and try to build a book of business. And I think that had masked some of the, uh, the the numbers with respect to some pretty significant loss history. So yeah, like the BP for years, I heard that that BP blowed in in where was it in, uh, in the Gulf of Mexico. Oh, we don't want another. You know, how are we going to manage that risk? We don't want that even for a small oil company. And I think there's bigger swings in weather patterns these days. What it's from Katrina from or wherever. Yeah, yeah, there's just more natural catastrophes coming, uh, more wildfires. Uh, things like that that are that are big hits to insurers. Yeah. So we've had that coming on for five years, but that's been offset by this new capital coming into the industry. Well, so what's happened? New capital for for what? just new for entrance into the uh, insurance market that that okay. were willing to take. They weren't there risks. before. They weren't there before. And there, is it because of this the cyber side or the tech side or just just generally it was a good place to and they thought put a good money place put to money to okay. invest money. Uh, so that covered up some of the bad loss history. Well, now what's happening is that you know it started in London and they did a analysis of their book of business, right? And decided that you know a, a good chunk of this wasn't profitable. And in London, they decided that you know, it was a decile ten initiative, and you know to drop off the bottom ten percent, the bottom ten percent of their poor risks. And what happened was that it's just enough to start constraining the market. And then it also right. focused. That, but that trickled down to here. Yeah, came well, to, well, absolutely. It's a global market now. Right. Almost like everything, it's right. a global market. Okay. And and so as a result, um, insurance companies started looking at the risks that were profitable or not. So they started underwriting, you know, um, smarter. You know, to to be frank. So and changes. So change, changes change. the way they looked at the market. If you take the next, you know, to to bring it home now, Brad, just in terms of the. What would you see the biggest thing in insurance? And I, I, it can be Calgary, but let's say let's keep it into Calgary, and maybe it's linked to the global. The next couple of years, what do you think is going to impact the industry the most? In the next couple of years, or maybe maybe it's three things, maybe it's one thing. Yeah, that's that's interesting. Um, I I don't see any uh, letting up in the short term on the the market. I think the market's going to continue to harden and uh, so the oil and, and the, the well, I think just insurance market generally. Yeah, I think it's hitting. Uh, energy companies, you know, maybe harder, especially in in this part of the world, yeah, um, because of the fact that right now, you know, we're not really in the industry making a lot of money, uh, very cost conscious and constrained. Uh, it, you know, we have lots of challenges from a, an ESG standpoint. We have lots of challenges, environmental, from a social governance, governance, yeah, lots of ch- lots of challenges from or sustain environmental sustainability and governance isn't that the ESG don't yeah. don't bring ESG if we don't yeah, the terms we've got to define them here Brad this is all right a, sorry yeah. um, between that and you know obviously there's some some issues with um, legislation regulation here yeah. and trying to find a, a a way to get our products to a world market you know we talk about WTI or uh, so but it doesn't really matter. Your focus is energy, but I look behind us, and there's for the benefit of the viewers, the viewers, the listeners. Where have you, there's that's that's a typical prairie look. It's a it's a picture of uh, of the grain elevator and and the prairie. Yeah. I mean the farmers, the agriculture. The you mentioned a little bit about the environment. Those come into play in in the work you do here. Well, so my focus of the energy is the energy focus, side, but, yeah. but we do, you know, I've, there's a, I have a counterpart. A national, <laughs> I hate to put you on the spot. A national agricultural leader okay. as well. Okay. Uh, so we do have those services. You know, we're a, a large, we're, we're the biggest broker in yeah, the world. Yeah, no, no, Marsh is well. So we cover, we cover everything. But uh, again, you know, that's 
not my area of focus or what I've. No, what's interesting? So, so the Calgary market, I, 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 you know, and then we're just a bit off topic, or maybe not off topic, but Calgary Economic Development, and you're probably familiar with. So they're, they're, energy is obviously the key, and the st- people talk about the. It's the mainstay of Calgary's growth and entrepreneurism, yeah. but. 15 years, and I, I heard the comment that the downtown core is suffering. It'll take 15 years to recover. So initiatives to come up with other ways of doing business. And I know Alan Fogwill from Canadian Energy Research Institute, he mentioned, we just talked about the getting the market, the market, he was talking about these hockey puck size, um, like a, kind of a... Um, gosh, I'm, I'm losing here, but hockey puck size of just of oil mm-hmm. and putting it on the container and shipping it instead of through the pipeline, they really took this, uh, <laughs> the tar sands. So the tar sands, but he says it's a hockey puck. And they, they're testing that market. So that they are being innovative when they know they can't get a pipeline built. So, so it's even funny. Use the word tar sands. And that would be yeah, a, sorry, a, a, verbo- a verboten <laughs> word in my, in my world. Um, you know, it's a, it's that just a tells bit, you how long I've been away. It's a bit of a loaded word, right? Yeah. And something that you know, people that want to shut down the industry would typically use, right? Yeah. Uh, rather than oil sands. And we talked a little about this off offline the fact that you know that's another pressure we're facing in in the industry is the fact that there are insurers pulling out yeah. of the market because which increases the which will increase the cost and yeah. wow what a dilemma so i was hoping you'd go into tech but you know i'm not going to put you on the spot but you did talk about it and the data it, it, you know that bringing for going forward that data will help improve the profitability so if i take the two windmills and so if the insurer, he's going to get better data, you could probably reduce your costs because your clients, if they are using an oil, and, and, and the innovation that Cambridge Energy, that Alan Fogwell was talking about, that innovation is happening because of the market. He said, we're seeing it uh, in, in a lot of aspects in the oil, oil sector, oil sands, and I use tar sands, and I, I apologize. I'm just teasing you off. But Brad, really, thanks for taking the time today, and, and uh, I can put you on the spot further and get that hockey stick out, but I'll, we'll leave it for another day. Sounds great. Thank thanks, you. Thanks, Brad.